gold standard. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Well, welcome everyone. This is Dr. Hedberg, and thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Hedberg Show. This episode, I'm going to be talking about how to overcome insomnia. I've done a lot of updates since I did this podcast a couple of years ago, so I've added a lot of great strategies, and I've got everything I'm talking about today on the website at drhedberg.com with links to some of the products that I mention in this episode. So sleep is one of those things that I focus on with every patient because it's really one of the most important cornerstones of getting well. And this is becoming a big problem. We're up to about 90 million Americans now suffering from some kind of sleep disturbance. So we have about 300 million people in the U.S. 90 million now have a sleep issue. So if you're not getting good sleep, you're just not going to get well, no matter how well you eat, no matter how much you work on your stress, no matter what supplements you take. It's going to be very difficult to to get back to feeling great. You also become more inflamed when you don't get enough sleep, you'll become more insulin resistant. Your immune system will suffer if you're not getting enough sleep. So you'll be more prone to colds and the flu, and chronic infections like Epstein-Barr virus and things like that. So let's go ahead and dig in and I just want to give you all of the effective strategies that I use with patients to really start to turn around their health and get them sleeping well. So the first thing you want to do is begin to balance your circadian rhythm. Our bodies work on a rhythm based on the sun, light, and sleep, how we eat, and things like that. So the first thing you want to do is try and expose yourself to sunlight before 8.30 in the morning. This uh, is perfect to get the circadian rhythm going. It tells the brain and the body that it's time to get going. It's time to get hormones moving, uh, blood sugar, metabolism, um, adrenal function, cortisol levels should be at their highest in the morning. These are all the things that get us going. And sunlight is a great way to do that. So just step outside and try and get some sunlight. If you're not able to do that because of your work schedule, try and set up a workspace near a window or get outside as much as you can during your day. If you have a break uh, from work or during your lunch break, try and get outside. I mean, even if it's just for a few minutes, if you're just in a building all day, it's not going to be good for your rhythm. Next is exercise. Exercise will definitely improve your sleep, but you want to do it as early in the day as possible. 
when cortisol levels are highest. The later in the day you do it, the more likely you are to increase cortisol and disrupt your sleep. So if we were to categorize exercise, we would have light exercise, moderate and intense exercise. So moderate and intense exercise raises cortisol. Light exercise does not. So if you are going to be exercising later in the day, make sure it's a light form of exercise like Tai Chi, some light stretching, gentle flow yoga, or just a walk around the neighborhood after dinner uh, can be fine. So don't do any moderate or intense exercise in the late afternoon or in the evening. Stay away from drama. Avoid watching television, especially the news. This can really disrupt your sleep. The news is designed to instill fear and anxiety and create frustration. All the things that are going to screw up your sleep. They raise cortisol and adrenaline. And you want to avoid movies or shows that are very intense. Where there's a lot of action, murder, um, accidents, explosions, things like that. You want to stay away from in the evening. The best thing to do is to read some light fiction or learn something in the evening or before bed. Uh, If it's going to be learning based, it should be something that's very pleasurable. Uh, Like if you like, um, like I like hummingbirds, for example, I was interested in them. So I got a book on hummingbirds. Very light, very pleasurable reading. And then I'll also read some light fiction. Also, stay away from social media. Social media, it's the perfect way to upset your mind and your rhythm. Social media is specifically designed to increase dopamine, just like cocaine. All of the likes and notifications, flashes, videos... Now there's lots of ads, links, and then there's usually some type of inflammatory post uh, by our friends that could be around a current event or politics or religion or anything like that. And that's just going to get you going. And it's designed to get you going and upset uh, because that's a part of creating addiction. And if you listen to computer engineers who work for these social media companies, everything they do is designed to create addiction in you by increasing dopamine levels. So it's not good for you. Even if you're not having sleep problems, avoid social media as much as possible. And I do link to an article in this sleep article that I wrote about how Facebook can actually be making you sick and it's now proven in studies that it creates various forms of mental illness. Next thing is to stay consistent and this goes hand in hand with what we talked about with your rhythm. You want a consistent sleep schedule. You want to go to bed at the same time every day and wake up at the same time every day. 
So make it a ritual, stick to your plan, and you want to do that even on the weekends. A lot of people, they just stay up late on Friday and Saturday night because they can sleep in the next day. So don't do that anymore. Keep your schedule consistent. If you really want to get good sleep, you've got to make that commitment and make that change. So don't think that uh, it's okay to stay up late on the weekend and sleep in. It's going to screw up your rhythm. and It'll make it harder to get back into it on Monday morning. Now, the hours of sleep from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. are the most restorative. So you want to get asleep by 10 so I I train myself to go to bed at 9 and then I read some very light material like fiction and then my lights are out around 9:30 9:45 and then I'm usually asleep by 10 If you've become a night owl you don't want to just make a big shift and immediately start trying to go to bed earlier do it in 15 minute increments And that way you'll slowly change your rhythm and train your body to go to bed earlier. So don't try and do that right away. You want to shoot for about seven to eight hours of sleep. And again, you want to wake up at the same time every day. So even on Saturday and Sunday morning, if you're waking up at 6.30 a.m. during the week, then you want to have your alarm set and you want to wake up at that time on the weekend as well. Um, This is the kind of consistency that you need to really get good sleep. And you're just, you're going to notice a huge difference in how you feel across the board just by, just by getting consistent with, with what I'm talking about. Now, sometimes when I'm lying there in bed, I will do a body scan meditation, which is basically focusing on each body part, breathing into it and relaxing it as I exhale. Uh, The old school technique of counting sheep is just a way of distracting your mind, and this helps to calm it, reduces brain activity, and usually helps people fall asleep. I like the body scan meditation. There's a great meditation app called Calm, C-A-L-M. It's free. They have a body scan meditation, but you don't need the app to do it once you know how to do it. I would also recommend beginning a regular meditation practice. Meditation has been shown to rewire the brain in a healthy way after you've been doing it for a while. It's been shown to calm the mind, reduce stress and anxiety, help with insomnia, And it'll help anyone who has a racing mind once those changes in the brain have happened. So you can start with just five minutes a day of meditation. Work your way up to 20 to 25 minutes a day. And it doesn't really matter when you do it. You can do it. I do it first thing in the morning. Uh, But it doesn't matter what time of day. You can do it in the evening. And I linked to an article I wrote on meditation in this uh, sleep article on the website where I give you some more resources and sample meditations that will teach you how to do, uh, it's called mindfulness meditation, which is a secular 
form of meditation. So it can be done no matter what your religious beliefs, because all it is is you, your breath, and your mind, and that's it. Another thing that you can just do throughout the day is to do deep belly breathing like a baby breathes for five minutes. This helps you shift into your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest part of your nervous system. And that's what you want for healthy sleep. Sympathetic is the opposite. That's uh, the excitatory part of your immune system. And a lot of people's sympathetic nervous systems are in overdrive these days because of a lot of the things that I've talked about. So let's talk a little bit about your sleep environment, which is really key. This is something that most people are overlooking. So you want to sleep what we would call caveman style. And that means that your room is completely pitch black. So you should be able to hold your hand out in front of your face and not be able to see it. So no clock radios, no lights, no incoming lights through windows. Do what you need to do, even if you need to hire a carpenter to set up your blinds or your drapes so that they completely block out all light. Your skin actually has light receptors. So even though your eyes are closed, your skin still senses light. So it doesn't matter if you're using a sleep mask, you'll still get the negative effects of light coming through your skin. And any kind of light is going to disrupt your melatonin levels and your sleep. Your brain is just going to think that that the sun is out and it's not time to sleep and the quality of your sleep will will definitely be affected. Now even those small green and red LED lights like on the TV when it's off or any electrical device when it's off, those tiny lights even from the smoke detector you, those can disrupt your sleep. So I linked to uh, some a product on Amazon that you use to cover those lights. And uh, those are very, very helpful. Or just turn them off completely when you're asleep or cover them with something. Journaling is another great way to relax the mind and anxiety. At the end of the day, write down three things that you're grateful for. Write down all the good things that happened to you that day. And that's so that the last thing on your mind is all positive things. You you can also make a list for the next day. So think about what you need to do. Write it all down. And the act of writing that down, putting it down on paper, really just kind of dumps it from the mind so you're not thinking about what you need to do the next day. You can also pick out your clothes for the next day and put those out. So a lot of the things that you have to do the next day are already done or they're already written down so you don't have to think about them. Now as far as food goes, we can't get into all the details of a healthy diet, but blood sugar is key for good sleep. 
So a lot of people do best eating just protein and fat for breakfast. And this really sets the tone for your blood sugar for the next 24 hours. So people will have like an egg and vegetable omelet or a protein shake with greens and nuts. Those are good blood sugar balancing breakfasts. And then you also only want to eat low glycemic carbohydrates for lunch or dinner. Things like sweet potatoes, brown rice, and quinoa. So you do need some carbs, though, if you want to get really good serotonin and melatonin levels. And that's because glucose carries tryptophan across the blood-brain barrier. And it's tryptophan that makes serotonin and melatonin. So if you're on a really high-protein, very low-carb diet and you're having trouble sleeping, you might need to add some more carbs in with dinner, and that can really help you fall asleep. The other thing you want to be aware of is stimulants. So caffeine, like in coffee and chocolate and tea, yerba mate, guarana. If you're going to have caffeine, make sure you have it before 2 p.m. And you want to consume it consistently at the same time every day. So if you're going to drink coffee, make sure you have it at the same time, approximately the same time every day. This will help balance your circadian rhythm. So you don't want to have it after 2 o'clock because it can really disrupt your sleep. Because uh, caffeine is an artificial stimulant to cortisol and adrenaline. And you don't want that happening late in the day when those levels are naturally beginning to fall. Alcohol is another one to be aware of because alcohol lowers melatonin levels. A lot of people use it to calm down and sleep, but it actually, and they may actually fall asleep easier and they may think they're sleeping better, but the quality of the sleep is going to be compromised because of the lower melatonin levels. Bedtime snacks, those can be okay, but just make sure they're very small, nice and balanced, no sugar or processed carbs. One example that I like to give is one to two tablespoons of almond butter. That's a nice slowly digesting food with a nice balance of carbs, protein, and fat. And that can keep your blood sugar stable while you sleep. The next thing is your mattress. It may be time for a new mattress. You spend approximately one-third of your entire life sleeping. So one of your single most important investments, um, more important than a lot of things, should be a mattress, a really high-quality mattress. So you look at how much people spend on a car or their house and all kinds of other things, and then they they just don't want to spend on a mattress. And you spend a third of your life there in the mattress. So I've personally used Tempur-Pedic, which is great. Also, Cairo Slumber is another great one that we have. And then I've heard a lot of great things about Helix Sleep, H-E-L-I-X. 
they will custom build your mattress based on a questionnaire uh, thing they have on their website. So you get just the right firmness for what you want. I know those are very high quality, well-made mattresses. I'm not going to get into all the details of, of mattress buying, but those are the three top choices out there that I'm aware of. Okay, so you want to get your Wi-Fi out of your bedroom, and that means getting your cell phone out of your bedroom. A lot of people sleep with their cell phones next to their beds, and those have a Wi-Fi signal running through them. And depending on where your Wi-Fi router is, that Wi-Fi signal might be going directly through your body or directly through your brain in, on, its, on its way to your device. And you just don't want that electromagnetic uh, pollution around you because that can, that can definitely disrupt your sleep. Some people need to just turn off their Wi-Fi router uh, when they go to bed every night and turn it back on when they get up. Uh, but definitely get the the cell phone out of the bedroom. Or if you have to have it in there for your alarm, you know, make sure it's set so it um, it's not going to ring or make any sounds when you're asleep. And put it as far away from you as possible with the alarm loud enough so you'll hear it. Some people will put it on the floor by their door. Uh covered with a towel or something like that. So get the Wi-Fi out of your bedroom, out of your body. All right. Let's go over some things you can drink in the evening to help you sleep better. So one old school remedy is drinking warm milk. Not at the top of my list, but that does work for some people. The casein peptides in milk, those have been shown to reduce anxiety and help people sleep. Chamomile tea is a classic sleep remedy. This really helps to reduce anxiety and cortisol. Steep about one to two bags and drink it about an hour before bed. And some people like to combine reishi tea with the chamomile. Reishi is a great mushroom. Traditionally used for infections and immune health, but it also regulates cortisol production and helps your body adapt to stress. So you can steep one to two bags of chamomile with one to two bags of reishi, and that could really help to lower your cortisol and anxiety and help you fall asleep. I've gotten good feedback on a yogi brand tea. It's called Soothing Caramel Bedtime. And that contains chamomile, skullcap, poppy, and L-theanine, which we'll talk about here shortly. So just a brief overview of your hormones. Just remember that cortisol levels, if they're high, this will disrupt your sleep. And if you're a very light sleeper, easily shocked out of sleep or woken up, that usually means that your cortisol levels are too high while you're asleep. Uh, progesterone has a calming effect on the brain and nervous system. That's why it works so well for menopausal women who can't sleep. So sometimes we'll use uh, progesterone cream or 
progesterone drops orally. Estrogen, if there's too little estrogen, this will cause hot flashes and insomnia. But if you have too much estrogen with estrogen dominance, that'll also cause anxiety. And that will also disrupt your sleep. So that needs to be in good balance. If your blood sugar is dropping while you're asleep, your liver and your um, adrenal glands really help to keep your blood sugar stable while you're asleep. So does the pancreas with insulin and glucagon. If that whole mix is out of whack, then your blood sugar will drop while you're asleep, and that's a stressful event to the body. So your autonomic nervous system will kick in and you'll make adrenaline to try and raise blood sugar. But unfortunately, that'll kick you out of your sleep. And then it can be hard to fall back asleep. So you want to avoid sugar and alcohol, processed carbs, caffeine, all of which are difficult for the liver to process. And then just following some of the basic strategies I talked about earlier with your diet can help to get that nice and balanced. Now, testosterone, low testosterone in men, the first place I always go is sleep. There's no better way to increase testosterone than to make sure your sleep is absolutely optimal. So if a guy is not sleeping well, if your husband, boyfriend is having issues with his testosterone, that's the first place you need to go in order to get his testosterone up. No real supplement or diet or anything will have a major impact on his testosterone levels if he's not sleeping really well. So you've got to get that in order, his sleep in order to get them those levels healthy. And your thyroid is also going to affect how you sleep. Insomnia is a very common symptom in hypothyroidism. So thyroid hormone, very important in, in glucose metabolism, but also serotonin and melatonin. So if you're hypothyroid, you'll probably have trouble sleeping. And then if you're hyperthyroid, you'll also have trouble sleeping because that makes you more anxious and uh, it'll be more difficult to fall asleep. So get your thyroid checked if necessary. Okay, let's shift into supplementation. Melatonin is one of the most well-known supplements for insomnia. Melatonin basically kicks in when it's late in the day, the sun's going down, and your brain starts to notice that there's not as much light. And melatonin is what puts you to sleep, and it enhances REM sleep, the rapid eye movement sleep, and that's your deepest and most restorative sleep. So it's very important. And remember, melatonin is made from tryptophan, the amino acid. Tryptophan is converted into 5-HTP. 5-HTP converts into serotonin, and serotonin converts into melatonin. For that whole process to happen, you need vitamin B6, SAM-E, iron, and a folate drive compound. It's called THB, tetrahydrobiopterin. So if your ferritin levels are low, and ferritin is how much iron is stored in your body, you'll have a hard time falling asleep. So make sure you're getting your ferritin levels checked in your blood work. 
that's one of the most common imbalances I see in patients, especially women. They have low ferritin from heavy bleeding during their menstrual cycle or gut issues where there's issues with digestion, absorption, absorption, and assimilation. So I talked earlier about how alcohol lowers melatonin, and then we talked about how making your bedroom very dark, that's, that ties in with melatonin, no lights at all in the bedroom. If you don't get enough sun exposure during the day, that can affect melatonin, high stress, caffeine. And uh, those are the main things regarding melatonin. Dosing, the classic dose is 3 milligrams 30 minutes before you want to fall asleep. Product ranges are 0.5 milligrams all the way up to 20 milligrams. And that depends on, the dosing for you depends on how deficient you are really. But I recommend using the lowest possible dose to help you sleep. So start with 0.5 to 1 milligrams of melatonin before bed. And then if that works, just stay with it. And then slowly increase by a half to 1 milligram until you get the dose that's really working for you. The reason why that's important is because melatonin can suppress all of your other hormones. And that includes your sex hormones and your adrenal hormones. So you don't want to be on too much for too long. The other thing is just to note is that melatonin could potentially exacerbate autoimmunity like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. And you definitely want to stay away from it in immune-related cancers like leukemia and lymphoma. And you don't want to take melatonin during pregnancy or breastfeeding. And you don't want to combine it with monoamine oxidase inhibitors or corticosteroids. So 5-HTP can be combined with melatonin to improve sleep. 5-HTP helps to improve serotonin levels because it's a precursor. Anywhere from 50 to 300 milligrams, somewhere in that range, can be helpful with sleep. If you're going to take 5-HTP, make sure the product has vitamin B6 in it because 5-HTP, if you take it without it, it won't work very well. And you'll, you can also create a B6 deficiency if you take too much of it for too long without supplementing with B6. GABA is a calming neurotransmitter in the body and the central nervous system. About 100 to 500 milligrams before bed can be helpful. Inositol, that helps to increase GABA levels. About 1,000 milligrams before bed can really work wonders in, in insomnia that's connected to a GABA deficiency. And inositol also supports serotonin. So if you have imbalances there, it can also be very helpful. L-theanine. This is a non-protein amino acid found in green tea. About 100 to 200 milligrams before bed can be effective. 
it works by directly affecting GABA receptors. And some people love theanine to reduce anxiety, improve learning, manage stress, and help with sleep. Phosphatidylserine is the next supplement to talk about. Phosphatidylserine basically optimizes the connection between your brain and your adrenal glands, so it lowers excess cortisol. It also is very effective in improving memory and brain function, decreases anxiety and depression, improves mood, it enhances metabolism, it raises testosterone, and it's one of the only substances that we know of, other than MSM, that can actually resensitize cortisol receptors that have been desensitized from chronic stress. And it's also a pretty potent antioxidant. So you want about 100 milligrams three times a day. I take it every day, 100 milligrams, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because there's so many benefits and it's so helpful with sleep and my brain function and dealing with stress. I don't have any issues with sleep, but I take it anyway just for all the other benefits. Magnesium, we can't forget about that. Magnesium has a calming effect on the nervous system and your muscles. uh, Magnesium is vital for healthy serotonin metabolism. There's a lot of different types of magnesium out there. I like magnesium glycinate or citrate. So a lot of Americans are deficient in magnesium. And that's one of the reasons why. Uh, insomnia and sleep issues is such a big problem because they're magnesium deficient. So let's talk about herbal medicines that are effective. The first one is valerian. This works on GABA in the brain. Valerian's uh, a classic herb for sleep. Passionflower, also very effective for sleep. Chamomile, we talked about chamomile tea. Skullcap is another good one. Lemon balm helps to lower adrenaline. It also works with GABA. Lavender. I like to uh, use lavender candles or lavender essential oil in an Epsom salt bath in the evening to help relax Uh, reduce any tension, stress, muscle tension, and things like that. Hops is a great one for restlessness and anxiety. Kava Kava is another good one. This works actually by modifying GABA receptors in the brain. It actually prevents adrenaline uptake in the brain. So that's how it works by reducing anxiety. Now, kava does enhance REM sleep, and it does that without causing any morning grogginess, so it works very well for insomnia. Kava also supports serotonin. You can take kava as a tea, a tincture, or capsule in the evening or before bed. It was in 2002 that the FDA issued a warning about kava because it was causing liver toxicity, people's enzymes were going up. 
but that was basically chalked up to very poor quality control of some particular kava products and of course people taking too much that issue's been resolved so there's no longer a, a warning so just be sure you're using a high quality organic kava product and don't uh don't overdose on it just use the bare minimum to get the calming effects of kava ashwagandha one of my favorite adrenal adaptogens also known as indian ginseng it's a great uh adrenal adaptogen it also has some sedative properties anti-inflammatory nervous system tonic anti-spasmodic it can raise very low blood pressure it works very well for anxiety exhaustion low stamina depression impaired memory it's very good for the adrenal glands the hpa axis and it's also been shown to improve thyroid function also male impotence uh, it can help with that as well so ashwagandha is one of my favorites rhodiola rosea that's another great adrenal adaptogen as well as holy basil if you have hot flashes or mood swings that are causing your insomnia then black cohosh is a good herb for that other calming herbs include jamaican dogwood bark and california poppy and you'll see those in various sleep formulas so i like the hpa select from moss nutrition that has ashwagandha and rhodiola in it and then moss also has the 100 milligram phosphatidylserine capsules i take uh, both of those every day uh, moss also has a product called sleep select and that has a lot of the herbs and compounds i've talked about in it like melatonin and uh, some of the herbs that are helpful for sleep and they also just released a new product called serena select that has theanine in it gaba and holy basil that's fine to take during the day and in the evening to help reduce stress anxiety and improve sleep so if you're looking for a sleep mask i've gotten good feedback on the sleep master sleep mask and i have a link to that in the article that's available from amazon and i also have a link to the earplugs that i like from 3m uh, those are available on amazon as well and that's those are great if you're traveling uh, or if there's too much noise in your sleep area i use a white noise machine it's called the dom ds that's also available from amazon and that's great for blocking out any unwanted sounds white noise is not going to create any sleep problems or affect your sleep quality we also want to knock out the blue light so blue light is emitted from device screens like televisions cell phones tablets and certain light bulbs so i have people install an app called twilight on their android devices and that eliminates the blue light 
you'll see it changes the color of your screen. It'll look kind of reddish, and that's because it's knocking out the blue light. Blue light is a strong signal to the brain that the sun is out, and it's time to be awake, so you need to eliminate that. Um, there are also certain light bulbs you can buy that emit very low amounts of blue light. The new LED light bulbs and those uh, spiral light bulbs, those both of those emit a lot of blue light. So the original incandescent light bulbs, like the soft light or soft white light bulbs, those emit the least amount of blue light. And then you can also buy light bulbs that are red, and red light bulbs are great for knocking out blue light and helping with sleep. If you have an iOS device, like an iPhone or iPad, that has an option built into it called Night Shift, and I linked to an article on how to do that. And for your computers, there's a free application called Flux, and that reduces the blue light. It automatically syncs with your time zone, so it begins to knock out the blue light as uh, the evening progresses. And a lot of the newer computers, I think the newest updates of for Macs, has the night shift built in, so you don't need flux. Okay, there are also glasses you can buy. There's a company called True Dark, and they make glasses called Twilight Glasses. And you put those on one to two hours before you go to bed. These really work. You should start to see a difference right away. And these glasses basically knock out all the blue light. And True Dark also makes Daywalker glasses if you want to wear them during the day. And these knock out the blue light as well as a lot of the junk light that you get from fluorescent lights and computer screens and devices and things like that. Ideally, you want to have all your screens turned off for the entire evening and not look at them at all. So just shut everything down around 5 or 6 and just don't look back. Just get away from all of them. If you're going to read, don't read on an iPad or a tablet. Kindle, Amazon Kindle's okay, or a Nook, because the light is, is so low. But ideally, you want to read from an actual book rather than from any device. The other thing about your room is that you want to sleep in a cool room. So one of the keys is getting your body temperature down. Uh, studies have shown that if you get your body temperature nice and low, you will sleep better and the quality of your sleep will be much better. So sleep naked, sleeping naked has been shown to improve quality of sleep or just lower your thermostat so that you're sleeping in a nice, cool environment. You don't really want to get lower than 65 degrees in the room, but that's sort of the ideal mark uh, for sleep. Should you be sleeping in a separate bed than with your partner? This is interesting. Humans actually didn't start sleeping in the same beds until the Industrial Revolution, when those types of mattresses started coming out. Before then, everyone slept in separate beds. So 
if your partner is snoring or making noises, talking in their sleep, bumping you, disrupting your sleep, then you may want to seriously think about sleeping in a separate bed or a separate bedroom. So when you're asleep, it's impossible to interact with your partner. So there's really no point necessarily in sleeping in the same bed because you're both asleep. So you're not losing any time with them if you're sleeping in another bedroom or another bed. So it's not something to, to look down upon or think that there's an issue in the relationship if you're sleeping in separate beds or a separate bedroom. It's perfectly normal. That's what everybody used to do before we were marketed uh, big beds and people sleeping together. And your relationship will probably improve because you're going to start feeling much healthier. Your mood is going to get a lot better. If you're a guy, your testosterone is going to go up. So your sex drive is going to be better. All those things will improve simply by sleeping in a different bed or a different bedroom if that's what it takes to get a really good night's sleep. So think about that. And you want to get some good physical contact with your partner before you go to sleep. When you have physical contact with another human, also with pets, you get an increase in the hormone oxytocin in the brain, and oxytocin lowers cortisol. So it really helps you fall asleep and go to sleep. So even if you're sleeping in separate beds, you can still get some good uh, snuggle time. And having intercourse in the evening or before bed is completely fine. You'll still get the benefits of oxytocin and relaxation. So don't forget to get that good physical contact before you go to bed. All right, so just to conclude, even if you do all these things, there may be something significant going on in your life that's just so stressful, so disruptive that none of this is going to work. And it's okay to use sleep medication for a short time if you really need it. The benefits of getting some sleep, even though with the medications it's not going to be great sleep, it's still going to help you in the short term. And I think if you do all these things that I talked about, you should be able to overcome your insomnia if, if you really drill down and do everything I said. But don't worry if you do have to use some sleep medication for a short period of time until you're getting healthy and getting through this stressful period. Insomnia is also a sign that there's something else more serious going on in your life. It could be stress with your relationship, your living or working environment. could be your thyroid or your sex hormones, adrenals, blood sugar, ferritin, your iron levels, so many other things that need to be looked at. So supplementation is not a long-term solution. So make sure you're working with a functional medicine practitioner who can figure out the underlying cause. And that way you're not having to use teas and supplements and other things just to help you go to sleep. You should be able to figure it out and overcome your insomnia. 
So I hope this was helpful. Go to drhedberg.com. The article is called How to Cure Insomnia or just search for insomnia. And I have links to all the products I talked about and resources in this podcast. So I hope you enjoyed that. And here's to better sleep. Take care. If you enjoy the Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode.